0: hey hi good to see you guys Hi. Hey, everyone. My name is Ann Hansen. I'm one of the pastors here, and thank you so much. I just want to give a quick update on John. He is uh, my husband, and he's the lead pastor here. He had surgery, and he's doing better. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Uh, for all of your prayers, and, you know, he has a a road ahead of him, and that's just the reality, but uh, he's improving, and so I just want to say thank you so much for all of your love, your prayers, your messages. Um, Thank you. The food? (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. And so, okay, so this week we're going to pause on headlines, our message series, to uh, talk about All for the One. And so um, before I start on my message for All for the One, I just wanted to share a quick story about uh, John Hansen. <laughs> and so, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was living in Pasadena, and I was going to Fuller Seminary, and I was working as a nurse in uh, Burbank, and um, I was uh, dating this guy, and he was a great guy. He was a UCLA medical student. He was well off. He loved to cook for me. He took me swing dancing all the time, but uh, something was, like, missing. You know what I mean? I mean, he loved Jesus, but, like, something was just missing. Like, I would say things to him, like, gosh, I'm so excited for you and I finished medical school because we can go to Africa and we can set up a medical clinic. And he's like, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I love you, but I, I don't know if I can do that. So anyway... Um uh, my, I had a roommate, and her name was Lisa, and she one day she came home from being in Old Town, uh, Pasadena, and she said, oh, I saw John in Old Town, uh, and he was there for hours talking to this man who was homeless, and um, it was pouring down rain that day, it was cold, uh, windy, and I said, well, why, why was John doing that? That's so weird. Like you know, why why would he do that? And she's like, I don't know. I think he was, um, I would think he was sharing about Jesus, and he he kept going, and it was hours. And I'm like, why would he do that? First of all, I knew Jesus, uh, John from church, uh, from school, and I also knew that he only had a bicycle at that point. So I was just thinking how weird it was that he would be outside in the rain talking to this man who was homeless for a couple of hours. And I thought, this is he's so weird. Uh, and then I thought, but I like it, you know. <laughs> I like it, uh, and that night I decided, you know what I think that was missing in my relationship with the other guy. Uh, I need someone who will be that passionate about the Lord, um, who will go after the one, and so actually, that night, I decided to break up with that guy and um, uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> and the, yeah, okay, so um anyway, I just sh- shared that story more to reveal that John has always um caught this heart for the Lord, uh, that it really is about that one. And he's gone after, and throughout his life, I've seen him go after the one, the one that was far from the Lord, um, bringing them near to the Lord. And um, at the time when I met him, he was a worship leader, and he was building his worship team with all the ones that Jesus was pursuing. And so the accountant guy who played the keyboard or the the drummer guy named Danny who lived in the box on the street by the church. And so all of us, we all have a story, right? Uh, It's not the same story, but we all have our own story. And it's a story that is interwoven with the faithfulness of God. All of us, right? And the fact is Jesus gave his all to us. He gave his all to us, uh, and he deserves our all back. Amen? He deserves our all back, and there are tens of thousands of people in our community. I know our community looks beautiful, it's safe, it's, you know, picturesque, but there are tens of thousands of people in our community that are far from God, tens of thousands of people who need to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and we need to be a church that commits to giving our all for that one. Amen? Amen? Amen. Okay, I want to turn to Luke 15. I'm going to be reading out of the NLT version, starting with verse 1. So Luke 15. So quiet tonight. Okay, anyway. Okay, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with him. How dare he, right? So this is the problem that is presented in Luke 15. The problem was sinners love to hang out with Jesus, and Jesus loved to hang out with sinners. And that was the problem, because the religious people were so upset. They were so offended that Jesus would dare to hang out with these notorious sinners and tax collectors, right? And so um, my first point in my message is this. We have to learn to see people the way Jesus sees people. We have to see people the way Jesus sees people. You know, the core reason why all these religious people were so upset about Jesus hanging out with these other people were that they thought that they were so different than those sinners, They thought they were so different, right? And so it really offended them that their Jesus would be hanging out with all these sinners. And back in Jesus' day, everything in culture was set up by a hierarchy, right? And the tax collectors and the notorious sinners, uh, they're, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but they're like the bottom dwellers of like the society, you know? And so those religious people, those Pharisees and those religious people, they wanted to keep their distance, Right? They wanted to separate themselves from being associated with the bottom dwellers of society. right? And that's how it was in Jesus' day. But isn't that kind of what we still do right now? Yeah. You know, Don't we still do that right now? Uh, we try and separate ourselves from other people. We try and categorize people uh, to make ourselves feel better or somehow safer. We'll say things like, well, those are poor people. Those are uneducated people. Well, well, these are these are my people. Uh, those are not my people, right? We tend to do these things, and and Jesus comes and says, no, 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 no. I'm gonna flip the script. I want you to see people how I see people. I want you to see people how I see people, and we need heaven's perspective on others. Okay, so, so in Luke 15, Jesus says. I'm going to tell you three stories, and it's all about this. The lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. It's all to illustrate the point of how Jesus sees people. So I'm going to turn back to our um, scripture for the night, Luke 15, starting with verse 3. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a 100 sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on its shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. And in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to god than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away so why why was this one so important to jesus why why was this one so important and it's because every single sheep is important not just the religious looking ones every single sheep is so important to jesus and all of these sheep belong to the shepherd Right, it says that there were a hundred, and then one strayed. That implies that all of us, we belong to Jesus. He's just getting us back, right? And He won't stop until He gets all of us back. In every single one of these stories, I'm not going to read the other two for the sake of time. But in all the stories, there's a heavy pursuit for the thing that is lost. Every single one, with the coin, with the sheep, with the son. Jesus is not passively waiting well I hope they come back you know no he's actively searching actively looking and pursuing the one he's passionate for us and it says in second Peter 3 9 God is not willing God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance and that looks like an active pursuit of the one that is lost That picture of the one is just anyone who doesn't know the love of Jesus. That picture of the one is someone who doesn't have the hope of heaven. That picture of the one is someone who is lost in guilt and shame, condemnation. You know, that person is the one that is overwhelmed by depression, overwhelmed by anxiety. All of those are the ones that Jesus is pursuing. And Jesus says, you know what, I don't leave people like that. I can't, I don't leave people like that. I go after that one. And so when he was talking, when Jesus was talking to Zacchaeus, he says this, Luke 19.10, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. The son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. So who is the one, right? Because Jesus, he won't use our categories he, he won't do it, right? He says we are all his sheep. So that means your neighbor, your coworker, your family members, your friends, your enemies. We are all the one. At a certain point, I am the one, and you are the one, right? I want to introduce you to Bascom Mellon, otherwise known as Buck. He's uh, newer to our church family, and he probably did not know that he was the one, Right? He didn't know. Uh, he was never a church guy. He moved to this area. Uh, his doctor invited him to church. He ended up accepting Jesus. He ended up getting baptized. He ended up doing Rooted. And he uh, told John a couple weeks ago, my life has never been the same. My life has forever changed. And so um, let's see. Buck Mellon.
1: How you doing? I'm Bascom Mellon, uh, otherwise known as Buck and, uh, I'm a proud member of the, uh, Centerpoint family and, uh, church and, uh, shout out to Pastor John, uh, pulling for you. And, uh, um, I thank you for praying for me. Uh, as I, you know, you know, I went through some trials of my own and, uh, uh, spent about 22 days in the hospital this month, uh, with Guillain-Barre syndrome and, uh, Doctors were blessed and uh, were able to help me, and here I am walking, talking, and amongst you guys again. And uh, got to go to church this last weekend, and uh, it was great. You know, my first my first trip to Center Point was to uh, my my doctor had told me, "Hey, you're new to the area. Uh, why don't you come to my church?" I go to Center Point and. Uh, I, I was like, well, okay, why not? You know, and I was a single dad, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life. And and uh, Pastor Ann was speaking that day, and uh, she really reached me. I felt welcome. I felt um, a part of that church instantly, but it made me want to come back and see more, you know. and uh, But uh, I, I can't express enough how much um, support and love I've received. And, you know, I've, I have this illness called the uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome and, uh, uh, paralyzed me in the hospital and was attacking my, um, kidneys and, and my heart. And it was pretty scary times, you know, but this feeling that I wasn't alone came over me and, uh, Geez, you know the guys from I've I've joined the men's ministry. The guys were texting, calling, came to see me. So it it's like a a change of life for me. Is is coming to center point. My first forty eight years on this planet, I always thought I did everything myself, and uh, not any longer. Look at the family that we've we've created and God's brought to us. Is that the family of center point. It's wonderful. You know, uh, I I don't really know what more to say other than, you know, I'm so excited to be a part of this family.
0: Amen. So good. So good. Thank you God for that testimony. buck is the one. A lot of us we've been the one and you know the question comes up so what about the 99 right what about the 99 what about me i'm already here right the 99 are okay they're not in danger you know they're they're being taken care of and jesus can chase the one because the 99 are safe the 99 are being taken care of by his church thank you god um you know, when Toby, uh, my oldest son, when he was 12 years old, he was playing outside in front of the neighbor's house. And my, my neighbors were watching my kids out front with her kids. And uh, Toby tripped over something on his scooter and he ended up breaking his arm. And so he comes up to me and he's like, ah, you know, because his bone is like sticking out of his arm like this. And I just went into tunnel vision. I don't know if that's ever happened to any of you. I just went into like, extreme tunnel vision, and all I thought was, where are my keys? I need to get this kid to the hospital. Where are my keys? So I went inside. I grabbed my keys. I, I escorted Toby carefully into, his car, into the car seat, buckled him up, closed the door, and I just started driving um, very carefully because I didn't want to jostle him too much. And then my neighbor like, waves me down. She's like, I'll watch your kids for you. I'm like, oh, yeah. That's good. I didn't secure that detail. (laughs) That's good. That's good. I just left. You know, but they were okay. You know, that one required my full attention. You know? Um, And that's how passionately the Lord goes after the one. That's how he sees us. Let's go back to our passage, Luke 15, verse 4. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. That is a picture, right? And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. And so this is my second point. Let's join Jesus in his mission to pursue and restore the ones that are lost. Join Jesus in his mission to pursue and restore the ones that are lost. At Centerpoint, you hear us saying this all the time. Our mission is to love and lead people to a life-changing connection with Christ. And those are not just words. Those are truly our mission from the Lord about what we are doing here as a church family. We are loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. And we do it through our ministries, and we also do it through creating environments where people can have encounters with the Lord. Uh, I want you to also check out this next video of my new friend Kelly Nelson. Hi, my name is
2: Kelly and I did not come to Centerpoint by chance. Um, It took me about a year and a half to finally get here. Um, I moved back to California from Minnesota and in that year um, I was in a really bad place and I was lost. um, Very anxious, lonely. I ended up at um, an inpatient treatment facility for 110 days. And not by coincidence did I get assigned a therapist who was a member at Centerpoint. So that was my second sort of connection to here. Um, When I got out of treatment um, one Saturday morning, I went out to have a cup of coffee. I was on my phone and Pastor John and Pastor Ann's prayer room came up I sat and listened to it. I reached out and said, I'm struggling with my addiction. I'm trying to stay sober. Um, They prayed for me right then. I came to church that Saturday night. And as soon as I got here, Pastor Ann came up to me and said, are you Kelly? And I said, I can't believe she knows who I am. She's never met me. Um, But anyways, that service was what I needed. Um, I just felt the presence of God. And I knew I was home. And ever since then, I have made a friend and I have gone to the Bible study, um, to Pastor Ann's Monday night. And I just feel that in my lost time that this is where I was called home to. And I just appreciate all that they have done for me. So I just really believe that all for the one And I was the one, and I am the one. Um, God brought me here, and I have been surrounded by love and his peace. And I know that I was the one that he had called home, and Centerpoint is the place that he called me to.
0: Thank you, Lord. So proud of her. I'm so proud of our our church body, too. You know, on that Saturday morning when she put in the comments, I'm I'm struggling to keep my sobriety. Please pray for me. And then all these people who were on that prayer room started just praying for her. It was so beautiful. The whole body of Christ is so, so beautiful. So I thank God that we get to experience God's stories like this, right? Thank you, Lord, that God's stories like this keep happening and that... um, to every one of you who is giving, thank you, because you're making these type of God stories possible. You're, you're a part of what is making this happen. And so we have to stop thinking about church as like this place that we go to to have a religious experience. But we have to think about the church as the body of Christ, you know, the family of God, a powerful family, where we get to be on Jesus's mission together with him. Amen? Amen, amen. And so I want to encourage us, let's never settle Let's never settle. Let's keep going for it. Let's never be the church that says, oh, you know what? I think we've done enough. I think we're good. I think we've like reached our capacity, and we're good. Let's just like keep it status quo right here. I'm urging us to really never settle, never settle in pursuing the one, that we would always be a church that says, We are here for the one, we have a heart for the one, we will go pursue the one, and we will make space for the one. Amen, amen, amen. So all for the one, it's not a theme, it's a vision. It's a vision that the Lord has given us to pursue the people that are lost. And so two years ago, I wanna share this vision that John said. He said, I wanna see 10,000 people come to know Jesus in and through our ministry over the next 10 years. I want to one day be a church of five or 10,000 people in multiple locations. A church that is loving God, following Jesus, loving our city well, in the power of the Holy Spirit, making an eternal impact on thousands of lives, and cultivating an atmosphere of revival in our region that will change the world. Amen. Amen. And this is what it's about. But vision always requires expansion. So if we're really believing God for that, we have to make space for those that are going to come into the family of God. And so um, we are um, expanding our building over there, and we're adding 500 seats. And I just want to reiterate, it's not about the seats, right? It's about the people that are going to be filling those seats for generations and generations to come. Amen? Amen. Yeah, we we have to make room. So this vision for all for the one, yes, we have a project, but it's more than that. It's about our discipleship journey. It's about following Jesus to care for the one, to actually develop a heart of Jesus, to care for the one, right? It's about following Jesus and caring for his home, right? It says in that, uh, in Luke 15, it's like, then the shepherd puts the sheep on his shoulders and, and brings him home. It's about our discipleship journey of caring for the home. And it's also a discipleship journey into our finances, right? Knowing that ministry requires money, it requires finances, and following Jesus into that. And so, you know, the goal of All for the One is to fund our ministry, our mission, our vision, and also extra to cover the, the building expansion. So when you give to All for the One, you're giving to the ministries of Center Point. The ministries, the mission, the vision, and you're giving to the expansion of our building. It's all one fund. And so we projected around $3 million Uh, for this building project, and it's actually going to be more than that. Uh, I think that's the way it usually goes with building projects. Um, But, yeah, so when you're giving to Centerpoint, it's all going to all for the one. And so two years ago, when we were given this vision and we were given the challenge, there were 700 families and individuals that said, yes, we're going to commit, we're going to give to this um, initiative, right? And praise God, we're about at like 80%... um, 80% fulfillment of what was pledged. That's huge, right? Thank you, God. That, to me, is a miracle of God because we're in COVID. I mean, there's so many people. uh, 2020 has been ravaging us financially uh, in so many ways. The fact that we are at 80% fulfillment is amazing. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who have given to Centerpoint. You know, there were only two six-figure pledges which means the rest, of it, the rest of what was given was just simply family saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give out of what I have. This is what the Lord has given me and I'm gonna give back to the Lord. And so now 80% is amazing and I, I praise the Lord for 80%, but we need to close the gap and so I wanna ask you guys to think about giving and think about over the next month until the end of year, praying and asking the Lord, God, what can I give to see the fulfillment of this vision? So for some of you, you've pledged to give to All for the One, and you haven't been able to keep your pledge, and this year has been very hard for you. I just want to like release you in Jesus' name and say, it's okay. We understand, do what you can do, and it's between you and the Lord. We, we're, there's no um, like shade, or, or I don't know how to say that. Okay. Um, and then for uh, there are others of you that are still struggling and saying, but I still want to continue my pledge, and I want to fulfill my pledge. Even if it's into 2021, uh, into like the middle of next year, I want to commit to finishing my pledge. And then there's others of us who we have been extraordinarily blessed this year. And that has happened to some people. You've sold off your business, or you've received an inheritance, or for some reason, your business took off during COVID. And so I would also challenge some of you, if you've experienced like extraordinary financial blessing, I would challenge you and and encourage you to pray to see if the Lord wants you to give a generous gift to Centerpoint. Some of you are new to Centerpoint, and you're like, what is this? I don't even know what this is. So this is our, our building. This is what we do as disciples of Jesus. We give, and we give to the church of, of Jesus. And so if you're brand new here, um, I want to just encourage you to join us. You know, what we wanted for All for the One, the vision, was 100% participation. So no matter who you are, 100% participation. No matter what you can give, 100% participation. And so that's still our heart. That's still our desire is that All for the One means all. All for the one, including our all for the one, even as Jesus gave his all for the one. And so, okay, some of you, I'm gonna just challenge you to start giving. Just challenge you to start giving. You're not a regular giver right now, I wanna just challenge you to start giving. Pick a percent, stick to it, and and start giving. You know, some of us, we do 10%, that's a biblical um, percentage of tithing, and so some of us do that. My son, uh, he's 18, and I, I just want to brag about him for one second. He works at Primo's Mexican. <laughs> he works <laughs> at the Primo's Mexican restaurant. He works for the city of Murrieta. He also is a water polo coach. And he um, he tithes, and he also gives uh, above and beyond that. And I've seen this journey with my kid giving his Primo's money, <laughs> giving his city money. And to see the Lord bless this kid so much and grow his faith, um, I shouldn't tell, but okay, he's been giving 15%. I'm so proud of this kid, right? Anyway, the Lord blesses him back, and that's what he keeps seeing. He's like, Mom, I know that because I'm giving to the Lord that he he doesn't want to outgive me, and this is what he's doing. And so anyway, you can see that too. It's so exciting to see what the Lord will do to meet you in your generosity uh, journey. So I just want to pray. Oh, I, I need to tell you, you can give through online, mycenterpoint.tv. You can mail in an offering. You can give in one of our give boxes right here in person. But I want to just take a minute to pray right now. Would you pray with me right now? I'm never going to apologize for asking you to give. This has been one of the biggest blessings of my life is to give and to sow into the kingdom of god i know that so much of what i have is because i've partnered with the lord in my finances and so i want you to know that blessing too i want you to be able to say i have also given to the lord and i've seen all these things come to pass in other people's lives and in my life and so lord jesus thank you god for the generous people of centerpoint church Thank you that we have uh, online services. Thank you, Lord, that we have in person services. This is because of the generous giving of your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for 80% fulfillment. Thank you, Lord, for the miracles that that represents. Thank you, God, that you are doing mighty works in your people to grow us in generosity. Lord, you are the ultimate giver and you. Um, invite us to follow you into giving so God I'm asking that you would speak to us right now how would you like us to follow you into giving what would you like us to give and I invite you to speak to us now right now Lord and if the Lord is, is saying a number to you uh, my old friend Mike would always say don't begrudge the nudge don't begrudge the nudge right if Holy Spirit is speaking to you about something maybe you could just write it down and maybe you could just answer with a yes in your heart to the Lord I'm not going to ask you beyond that this is between you and the Lord so God I I know you love to build your church I know God that you chase after the one you love to bring that one home and you want to see it home (laughs) You want to see a place where your people can be taken care of, loved, nurtured, encouraged, discipled. Thank you, God, for Center Point Church. Thank you for the beautiful body of Jesus Christ right here. And we trust you, Lord, with our finances. We trust you, God. We trust you. We trust you with the number that you're putting inside of our hearts right now. Give us faith, Lord, to walk into this generosity journey with you. In Jesus' name, amen.